Hello, this is Courtney Given with Mindset for Medical Moms, Episode 9, How to Talk to Your Child About Their Diagnosis. Welcome to Mindset for Medical Moms. I'm your host, Courtney Given, fellow medical mom and life coach. I'm here to help you handle everything from doctor's appointments to surgery so you can feel confidence and peace as you navigate the ups and downs of medical motherhood. This podcast will share strategies and real-life tools to strengthen your mindset and increase your emotional resilience. I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Hello, all you fun medical mamas. How are you today? How is February treating you? Mine has been unusually busy. We've had family visiting, so... It has felt a lot busier than our normal when the um, there haven't been much going on. And now all of a sudden we've had a few back-to-back visits. And our youngest daughter also has a birthday this month. So we will keep up with the busyness I see throughout the month. And also February is Heart Month, which is a very special month for the CHD community It's a very special month for our family as my middle daughter has a heart defect. And that is really why I started this podcast. So it's been really fun celebrating her, sharing our perspective and statistics and our story over on my Instagram. You can chat with me over there at Courtney.Given with no you in my name. It's always fun to find someone else who doesn't spell their name with a U. (laughs) Today, we are going to discuss um, talking to our child about their diagnosis. And I got a lot of requests for this um, podcast episode. So I'm going to share with you my perspective and thoughts about talking to your child about their diagnosis. And... I'm going to share how I talk to you, how I talk to both my daughter who has a diagnosis and my daughters who don't. <clears throat> and I'll start off by saying that this is not the only way or even the best way. I'm just sharing what works for us, what I feel has been helpful for me, and how I've navigated talking to my children about some hard things. I also want to say that I don't talk to my daughter who has a heart defect differently than I talk to my daughter who doesn't. So right off the bat, I don't really discuss things differently. Now, the things that we talk about are different, right? The things that I talk to Zola about are how she feels about surgery. The things I talk to Gray about who doesn't have a heart defect are how does she feel when she's not going to see us because we're going to go into the hospital with her sister for a while. So the context is different, but I talk to them the same. I don't feel like I have to talk to Gray any different than I have to talk to Zola. And I really um, want to build my kids' confidence in their diagnoses and I also love to learn from adult uh, adults who have the same or similar diagnoses that my children have experienced. 
because this really gives me some great insight into how it's affected them, what has worked for them, and they are really pioneers in the field. So I consider their experience the expertise we should really listen to, and this week I plan on sharing some of the adult CHD um, accounts that I follow over on my Instagram, and you can follow along with that. And so I have two children with diagnoses, diagnosi, diagnoses. I don't really know how to say that. Um, and Gray, our oldest, she is six, and she was diagnosed with several food allergies when she was an infant, and she had a lot of eczema all over her body as a baby, and it was really challenging. We didn't really know what to do, and I felt, looking back, that most of my conversations with her were based out of fear. Now, I don't really have any kind of disagreement with what I said to Gray or um, how I spoke to her, but I did feel that fear was my most motivating emotion when I look back. And that has helped me shape my conversations with Zola because I don't want fear to be driving those kind of conversations. I talked to Gray about her allergies from the time that she could start asking for food. And I did this because I didn't feel like there was another option. I felt like she could not eat the food that I was eating. And if she did, it could be very dangerous. So I just was very adamant about saying no and like, this is going to make you sick. As time went on, we did start to feel more confident in navigating the allergy world navigating how to speak to Gray about it with less fear and more confidence. And for me, I found the best way was to talk to her in very simple and plain language. And when she was a toddler, I just simply explained what the foods were that she could eat and what the foods that she couldn't eat were. And I simply would say, you can't have this because it will hurt your tummy. And I'd often ask her to repeat the names of things like gluten-free, dairy-free, and it was just very cute in her little toddler voice to hear her say dairy-free or gluten-free. And at that point, probably she was just repeating what we taught her because she wasn't really cognitively understanding anything. But I did feel pretty confident in this area after a while um, because the biggest switch was moving from my own pain into confidence. When I was able to deal with my own understanding of the allergy, when I was able to deal with my own fears, I was really able to feel empowered and then empower Gray. I also felt similarly with Zola's heart defect. And when I thought about talking to her about it in the future, it was very overwhelming. I felt really confused about how I would want to talk to her because at the time when we got diagnosed, it was even hard for me to say out loud the words hypoplastic left heart syndrome. I had to practice saying or else I would just say it and cry. And so when I thought about talking about this diagnosis to my own daughter, I was terrified. 
I didn't know what to say and I didn't want to say the wrong thing. And I also didn't want her to think any differently of her. I know that's our biggest concern as parents is to just that we want to see our kids recognize their own incredibleness, recognize their own power. And I just looked at my sweet baby and I thought, I don't want you to think you're broken or different or weird or self-conscious because of your scar. And then I had this experience that really helped shape me approaching Zola's heart defect. I was in a waiting area at our hospital and another heart mom I had connected with on social media had met us there and her child was around two and a half and she was there for an appointment and she, the mother and I were having a conversation when her daughter said the words hypoplastic left heart syndrome out loud and I was so surprised. It was so adorable and I was like, she knows about her heart defect And the mother shared, yes, we talk about it all the time. It's normal for her. And that was the exact shift I needed. I needed to hear, it's normal for her. And that's how I have gone forward with talking to my kids about our diagnoses in our family. And we have even other diagnoses, right? Like we have... My husband, who has allergies and asthma, um, I also have eczema, and we have all kinds of other things that people have had. Um, We've had different experiences with different sicknesses, and we talk about all kinds of things in our family like that. So when I was able to talk to this mother it really helped solidify the idea that yes, this is normal and we should make it normal in our home because this is our normal. This is our new normal. And my fear of not wanting her to feel broken or feel different was coming directly from my fear that she was broken and different. And in one sense, that was true, right? In one sense, she was a little broken and she is different than most kids. And when I was able to really deepen my acceptance of what that means to me and how that is nothing to be ashamed of, it really opened up the possibility for me feeling that confidence to talk to Zola about it. And so my first tip for talking about your child's diagnosis to them is to ask yourself, where you are at in your own understanding. And I don't mean medically or scientifically. I mean emotionally. It's hard to talk about something to our children that we are uncomfortable or overwhelmed by or are struggling with. I have made it a rule for me, generally speaking, nine out of 10 times, I like to approach subjects with my kids that I'm in a good place to talk about so that I'm not bringing my own, my own drama to the conversation. I like to do this through journaling. Um, I do a brain dump. I'm not like a daily journal of like, oh, these are the things that happened and these are the things my kids said and this is how I feel. I like to do brain dumps where I just dump out all of my thoughts about a topic and 
it is so therapeutic. I just get it all out. And there's something about getting your thoughts out on paper that really allow you to see where you are at currently in your own mindset, in your own perspective. And I usually use my notes in my phone. I don't even have, I have lots of journals I write in and I do take notes in, but generally speaking, 90% of the time I use my notes app in my phone or on my laptop where I can type out because it's so fast. And the purpose of doing a brain dump is to really get all your thoughts out. And I want you to try this if you want to have more productive conversations, but you still feel held back by your own thoughts or your own fears. And grab a piece of paper, open up your notes app, even a Word document, and just go for it. Just start dumping out all of your thoughts about an upcoming surgery, an upcoming appointment, whatever it is, you can use this tool all the time. And don't worry about spelling or grammar or punctuation or anything. You can just let it all out. Don't be a perfectionist. It's not an essay. No one's going to read it. It's not going to be graded. Um, It really helps you see where you're currently at emotionally and mentally. And from there, you can start rereading your own thoughts and see how they feel to you. See how they are serving you. See what is unhelpful for you. See what where maybe just a small shift can help you feel more confident. And from there, you can find just a very simple thing to start with. For me, I started with my child's diagnosis, probably because my experience at the hospital with another heart mom. Every child is going to be different. Every diagnosis is different, which entails different details and different appointments and different understandings. Um, I have different conversations with Gray about her allergies than I do with Zola about surgery, but they're similar in nature of the energy I have behind them. Every diagnosis is different and you can adapt each of these tools and each of these perspectives to your child's age and understanding. It doesn't have to be perfect. And that is my next tip. They don't need to understand everything or have all the information to start having a conversation about their diagnosis. If they are a few years old, I worked with having Zola say hypoplastic left heart syndrome and it was fun and silly and her little voice was so cute and it made something that felt pretty heavy feel really light. That something as serious as a heart defect was a silly thing that we could laugh about in our family and it was a really beautiful moment um, the first time we got Zola to say heart. And now we're on to our third child who can say heart and Zola and tries to say left heart syndrome and it's just adorable. And there is no perfect way to introduce their diagnosis. My perspective has always been to let it be a part of their identity and they get to decide how much of that identity means to them. Um, as 
everyone is aware, I'm very gung-ho with the whole heart mom identity and the medical mom identity. But I'm very aware that Zola may not feel the same way. She might grow up and say, yeah, I have a heart defect, but I don't want this to be my main identifier. And so I want this identity to be something that she's always known about, something that's always just been there. And it's not shocking for her. So that's kind of where I came from with introducing her heart defect. And us saying it out loud has been a very healing part of our journey. And from there, we also got to extend our vocabulary, which is another way that I think is really fun and simple and not scary way to talk about things with little young kids um, about the diagnosis. So we also introduced words like cardiologist and G-tube and heart surgery. And we talked to these with our older daughter, Gray, and Zola, and just saying these words and showing Zola her G-tube scar and explaining that a cardiologist is a doctor for your heart. And we have doctors for our skin and we have doctors for allergies. And now we have doctors who perform surgery on hearts. And again, it was very simple. And sometimes I have these conversations randomly in the car. Sometimes Gray will ask a question or Zola will say something about her scar. Sometimes I purposely ask someone something and I ask them. This month, we've had a lot of conversations about um, heart defects and the statistics we know. And so that has been a little more formal and planned. And sometimes I talk about them in funny ways and sometimes I talk about it in a serious way. One time we tried to talk to Gray about um, her sister's diagnosis and I just wanted to kind of gauge how Gray was feeling about because we had been talking about surgery quite a bit and I wanted to see how she was feeling with all of this and she felt okay and she wasn't um, really scared or anything but it just showed me that I need to have the conversations often because it's not a one and done thing. Talking about a diagnosis or talking about um, appointments or medications or any of the things that are entailed with the diagnosis is a continual process. Just like any other skill or any other thing, if we're exposed to something once, we're not going to be experts at it. We're not going to have a very great understanding. And so in order to help our kids feel confident and for us to feel confident, we have to keep having those conversations, keep introducing the funny words that are associated with the diagnoses, and most importantly, give our kids the opportunity to ask questions, which is what I have found to be the greatest benefit of all of this because there is only so much I can see that I think they should know, right? As an adult who has a different perspective, um, as Zola has gotten older, we have talked more specifically about heart surgery because this upcoming heart surgery for her, she's going to remember. Um, She's going to be way more aware than she was at six months old and a few days old. So I really wanted to start helping her have some understanding about what she's going to go into 
And this has been great because I have been able to address things that I never even thought of. For example, when we talked about surgery, she asked me if it was going to hurt. And I never thought to say, oh, by the way, your surgery is going to hurt. Um, But when she asked if it would hurt, I said, yes, it will hurt a little bit. You'll feel sore and tender, but the hospital has medicine. And she said, wait, the hospital has medicine like we have medicine at home? And I said, yes. And it was just like a really simple conversation. But I could tell for her, the first thing she thought of was, oh my gosh, is the surgery going to hurt? She also asked me what they were going to do to her heart. And I wasn't going to go into all the details. But I did say they would cut her heart a little bit and help fix it. And that's when she said, oh, is it going to hurt? And I had never put that thing, that idea out um, that she would need to know that. I would never thought to say that medicine would be there to help take care of her so it wouldn't hurt a lot. And I didn't even think that she would ask what they would do to her heart. So all of those things were not on my radar. I was more thinking about telling her, you're going to have heart surgery. And then it took like a few steps further, all because I was willing to say something to her, even though it it was uncomfortable. And from there, we've had conversations with Gray as well. um, About one time she asked us about why we call her Super Zola. And we tried to explain that we think all of our kids are special, but this is um, a nickname that we feel is appropriate for Zola because of her heart defect and we got to have a really great conversation about our kids not being more special than one another but they are different and we can celebrate Zola and we can celebrate Gray and they're that doesn't mean we love Gray any less. So all of these things have happened because we've had conversations about our own agenda, right? Our own ideas, our own things. And then they bring something else to the table, which is a really beautiful process. And that brings me to my third tip, which is to be honest. Be age appropriately honest. I don't think your child needs to know every medical jargon detail of their diagnosis at four or five years old. But I don't think it does our kids any good when we only try to exaggerate or sugarcoat things. When we give them half-truths, I think they know. I think that they have intuition and they know what kind of situations they are going to be put in. And when we are able to show both sides of the situation when we are able to say that yeah it's going to hurt a little bit or you might be scared and that's okay they also are your friends this is my one of my lines I use for our healthcare providers I tell my daughter Zola that it's okay for her to be afraid of medical personnel I said it's okay you're allowed to be scared they are our friends I remind them that they're our friends and I also tell her that it's okay to be scared because even though I'm, as an adult, understand that doctors are our friends, sometimes I get nervous before doctor's offices, visits, and I want her to know that her feelings are okay and I also want to help her know that I 
am on her side and that she can trust me. And that's what I believe that does. When we are telling our kids the truth, when we don't exaggerate or sugarcoat things, we are establishing trust with our kids. And so when we say, oh no, it's not going to hurt when they're getting a blood draw, we know it's going to hurt. So we don't need a sugarcoat. We don't need to say it's going to be okay and we can be excited and happy or it's not going to hurt. I don't know what that looks like for your specific child or your specific um, situation. But that is my fourth tip, which is to trust yourself. Lean in to your own wisdom. Lean into knowing your child and their personality and you know them more better than anyone else in this world. And you can trust yourself to know what to say and how the how doesn't matter. You can trust yourself that you're going to bring it up and say the right things. Because when you're doing that from a place of love and deep concern for their well-being, I don't believe you're going to go wrong. You can trust yourself to handle tough conversations And it's okay to be emotional around them. It's okay to express yourself too. And just make sure you're in a good spot to have the conversation. And you can do this 100% because I believe in you. And I know you are a medical mom. And medical moms do incredible things. Things that most people are shocked at. And one of those things is being able to talk to our little babies, our toddlers, our elementary age school kids, our preteens about their diagnoses. And that is an incredible thing that we get to do. My last tip is to trust your child. Your child is the one going through the diagnosis. And I hope we never lose sight of that. I hope that as we are navigating these, this journey of motherhood, that for me, the goal is always to build a confident child into an adult who can advocate for themselves. We are raising these children to be their own advocates, to help their own confidence in their bodies and to be able to express themselves to authority and to doctors And I think the best way we can do that is by establishing that relationship with the biggest authority in their life right now, which is us. And they are capable of hearing about their bodies. You are going to have incredible conversations with your child. And I really believe these conversations we have with our children about different diagnoses is what can strengthen our relationship with our kids, build trust, and create little advocates for the future generations. All right, mamas, thank you for joining me on this podcast episode. I will see you next week. I have some fun lives going on on Instagram. Go check it out this week. There's a lot of fun things I have um, planned for. So I hope to see you over there. Thank you so much and have a great week. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Medical motherhood doesn't come with a manual, but I've created the next best thing. My one-on-one coaching program offers all the support and strategies you need to handle all the things that come up for us medical moms. 
click the link in the show notes to schedule your free consultation to see how coaching can help you take everything from the podcast to the next level. You'll get free coaching and I'll take great care of you. I'll see you there.